Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Jeff, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yeah, yes, sir. Hi, uh, good afternoon. Uh, about three weeks ago, we had a house fire, and uh, we've got moderate damage inside and to the roof. My question is about black mold and green mold. We removed nearly 99% of all the sheetrock on the ceilings and the walls, and we're still getting some black mold and green mold, like on bar stools, uh, wood yep. that was behind the sheetrock. How do we kill it? How do we get rid of it? Well, you're getting that simply because there's so much humidity in the air right now. Uh, yes, sir. It's going to happen. Uh, unless you've mm-hmm. got that space air-conditioned to keep the humidity levels down, that is just a going to be a normal occurrence. That's the reason air conditioning is so critical in the Houston area. So in order to kill it, yes, I mean, there are, there are enzymes you can put on there like uh, wet and forget and, and things like that. Or you can just wipe mm-hmm. it down with uh, bleach to kill it. Either okay. way, you're going to clean it up. But I'm going to tell you up front, it's going to reoccur until such time that you actually get the house going back together and start dehumidifying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again. Okay. All right. And, Thank and, you. And, Jeff, it's it's nothing I'd, I, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. Okay. I mean, you know, like I said, uh, after after all the uh, sheetrock was damaged from the water, we removed uh, yeah. uh, all the sheetrock. And behind that, uh, it's dried out, but we're still getting spots of black mold and green mold. Yep. And it's just... Yeah. You know, it's just—it's not bad at all, but it's just—it's an annoyance because we thought we got it, rid it of is. everything. It is. It, it's so. a huge annoyance, and the moisture is what causes it. And and I and I'm mm-hmm. only straight mm-hmm. up. If you got, you mentioned you got 99% of the sheetrock out. Right. Yes. If you've got if you've got that small of amount of sheetrock left in there, get the rest yes. of it out as well. Really? Because after a yeah after a fire. Getting the uh-huh. odor out of a house is one of the big items. And yes. sheetrock, because it's a powder, it absorbs mm-hmm. that odor and it will hold it. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. other thing is when you start redoing the entire house and retexturing and all that stuff, uh, you know, yes. as sheetrock ages, how old a house is this? <laughs> 1950. Oh, yeah. See, if that sheetrock sheet ages. Yeah, yeah, take it all out because as it ages, the texture and stuff doesn't and paint and all that doesn't hold as well when it gets extremely mm-hmm. old. It'll start to yep. blister off. You've got the opportunity mm-hmm. at this point to redo the house right. Uh even Correct. if you got it down to where you only had say 15 or 20% of the sheetrock left in the house, if it was mm-hmm. my house, mm-hmm. I would finish gutting that sheetrock out and have everything new and not have to worry about it. Yes, sir. I have a question. Once, once we, re, re, we removed all of the sheetrock, you have, uh, it looks to be like one by eights or maybe one by sixes. Uh, uh-huh. And it's very old wood. It's, it's very nice wood. Is there a way that we could, like, seal it with, like, polyurethane and just keep it like that? It's a very beautiful wood. Now, you, you said this was built in the 50s, though, right? Yes, sir. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, see, normally houses from the 20s and earlier have that, 
by the 50s, mm-hmm. they they typically weren't doing that anymore. Uh, it's That wood went up, and they actually put a fabric-type wallpaper over that wood. That was your wall decorations. Yes, uh, yes sir. We, ran into, and we so, ran into that also. We ran into the paper also. And the cloth. <laughs> I got an idea this house is older than you think it is. It, it could be, yes, sir. It could be. Yeah, because that, like I say, that that stuff's from a much earlier time. So, uh, it, as far as making it look nice, if you go back into yes, the eighteen late eighteen hundreds, uh, really mm-hmm. the walls were just that wood. The fabric came later, uh, huh. but they didn't put anything on it. And what you're going to find is it will leak air conditioning like a sieve. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So I yes, I really I wouldn't those, I wouldn't those. recommend trying to. Okay. 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 Well, we were we were just kind of curious, you know, the wood is there, and uh, on the wood was like a cheesecloth fabric. Yeah. And then in other spots, it was like a paper, uh, like. Uh, I don't know what you call it. It looks like paper. It's very thin. It's got, you know, very weird-looking designs on it. And uh, yep. a lot of it smells like linseed oil. Yep. How How is the electric wires done in this thing? Uh, they, they were shot. Uh, they were all burnt up pretty much. Uh, it was rewired back in 1995. Okay. Yeah, I got an idea. You got a house that's actually older than you think it is. Um, uh-huh. Well, did it have insulation in the walls? No, it did not. No, sir. Okay. When you're putting this thing back together, these are items that, that you ought to take a look at correcting. You're already going to rewire it. Take yes, a look. Sir. You need to keep those boards because let me tell you, when a hurricane hits and everybody's houses starts toppling over and leaning with the wind and all that stuff, that house you have is going to stand there like a brick. It's not going to give. <laughs> even if a house, even if a tree falls and hits it, it's going to stand there. But you got to get some insulation in those walls. Uh, there's a, a company who can put insulation in those walls without tearing all those boards apart. Uh, and right. they, can, they can insulate the attic and everything at the same time. Give USA mm-hmm. Insulation a call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, they can help you out with that part of it. Uh, okay. Their number is 832 485 7 USA. Okay. And the USA is 872. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. You bet. Take care. I love those old houses. Those things are built to last, and you really don't have to worry about them. I'm telling you, those are wonderful houses. 713-212-5874-866-937-0003. We'll be right back. Doug, this is Jim. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, Jim. Thanks a bunch. Enjoy your program. Got a got a question uh, that my wife and I are uh, debating. 
Uh, doesn't sound like a good idea to me, but she believes that it is. We own a home. Oh, like see, now you're Lake. already trying to skew my answer. <laughs> That's right. So you know the answer I want to hear. But anyway, no, just give me the honest truth. I can take it either way. Um, we have a lake okay. home at Lake Livingston. It's on. It's in on Alaska. And um, the home is a 2,600 square foot. Um, it's built in 1980. And um, before we bought it three or four years ago, we had it structurally, structurally inspected by a uh, by not only a contractor, a home home builder, but also by a structural engineer. Uh, the foundation on this th- this home was built very very well. That's kind of the context. Uh-huh. The question we have is, she would like to add on to the home, uh, as opposed to going straight up and maybe building out over the garage area. And and what she thinks we can do is add slab uh, to let's say the the uh, the perimeter where the master bath is and in, 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 enlarge the master bath doing that. Um, what are your thoughts on adding slab? And I'm, I'm always concerned about, you know, new versus old settling. How do you tie in with the, with the floor ever get crooked on me, et cetera, et cetera, or uneven? I well, you can add on. You, you absolutely can add on. Uh, and, and most of the soil there in the Onalaska area, because I used to actually have a lake house there myself, loved mm-hmm. it up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of it is sandy enough. There's typically not a lot of movement there. But if you're going to add on to it, it's all in how the addition is done. Uh, when I add on, the way I do it is I have a beam that's right next to the original beam. I actually dig it down and go back underneath the original beam, uh, at least half the width of the original beam. Then I'm going to drill into the original concrete beam at an angle from the top angling down and then from the bottom angling up. And I'm going to crisscross rebars every 12 to 16 inches all the way across that addition. And what that's for is, one, it ties the addition together. Two, by crisscrossing and drilling into the original concrete at an angle that way, it yeah. keeps it from being able to slide apart. Everybody always wants to use epoxy, and I still epoxy them in, but I want that angle so it's not just a straight-out pull. The reason I uh, bring my beam all the way down and then dig mm-hmm. underneath the original beam some is I want to mm-hmm. wrap the original beam so that if there's any movement in the foundation, the whole thing moves as a unit. I got you. And, so, and I'm so going to tell you, I, I, had a house, I had a house down in Pasadena, Pasadena has a lot of black gumbo clay soils. Yes, back in the uh, back in the 90s, I did an addition on the back of my house and added a kitchen, and I tiled over the ex- the joint where I put the addition. Yeah. And I I kept track of the house for about five or six years after I did that. Yeah. And that tile that tile never cracked. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. As a as a practicing engineer, I, I know exactly what you're talking about with going under the grade beam, the original grade beam, and then uh, going in at angles. It's uh, something that you would do when you're when you're doing some work with wood structurally and stuff like that. So I, I get the concept. Uh, yeah, you know the problem is so many times when they do an addition, they either just butt them up to each other, and worse, 
a lot of times the contractors don't even put a beam along the original one. They just pour the four-inch concrete there and yeah. only have the beams around the perimeter. That's gotcha. going to move. That's going to give you trouble. Okay. Uh, do you have any recommendations uh, either at your website or, or now of, in, of organizations I could call to come out and give me proposals on doing this that will work in the Onalaska area? Ooh. I don't know anybody who's doing work that far out of town. Okay. Uh, right. typic typically, it's going to be a, a local contractor you're going to have to hire. Yeah. Uh, I will t I will tell you, though, uh, outside of Onalaska, you know, if you go to the main intersection there in town where the light is, yeah. hang a right, there's that lumber yard that's out there on the left. Yes. They've got some good referrals in there. Okay. And, of course, Livingston has some builders that are that are they, they do but i, I think builders. you'll get you'll get better guys out of that lumber yard i think than you will out of livingston itself okay all right well we'll excellent and, we'll follow up on that and, and uh, uh, good maybe, luck with maybe, that doug is it coney yes hey yeah, how yeah. can i help you today hey nice talking to you hey about two months ago i moved into our new home and uh, my wife's bugging me to put up a ceiling fan in our screened in patio so I went out there today and thought, well, it's the first time I ran up against Hardy Board. How do I drill or, or get a hole saw four-inch diameter in that Hardy Board? What do I use for that? You can drill it just like you would wood. You're kidding. So the, the same hole saw, yep, nope, the same hole saw that you would use to drill wood. You can you, you can use on that hardy board. Well, you're going to find that it's not all that ungodly thick, so it's it's relatively simple to go through. The only precautionary thing I would tell you is make sure you got a dust mask because it does produce different yeah. dust than wood will. Uh, and with silica dust and all that kind of stuff, you know there are some concerns over that. But other than that, uh, no, you shouldn't have any problems with drilling it. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Thank you very much. You bet. Now, hey, one one cautionary note when you're dealing with Hardy products, you've got to watch, like if you're putting screws into it or something, don't get too close to the edge, and that includes like wherever you're going to drill a hole. Don't get too close to the edge of that if you're going to put any screws for supporting anything. Okay. Because it will chip off. Okay. Noted. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. You bet. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, the, the Hardy products, uh, you know, a lot of people think it, it because it's concrete-based, it's going to be very difficult to work with. It's actually just as easy to work with as wood products are. Do you, do you have a little specialty stuff? Absolutely. They do make some blades, special blades for it and, and things like that. But your regular blades, your carbide-tip saw blades, will actually cut the product just fine. On a hole saw... Uh, it, you know, especially if you're only doing one like that, a regular hole saw will do it. It's going to dull the saw faster than going through wood, but it definitely will take care of it. 713-212-5874. That's 713-212-5874. Any home improvement question you have, pick up the phone. We'll see what we can do to help you out here on Texas Home Improvement. Now, one thing, uh, back on that hardy thing, one, one, one other item i got to tell you about. When you're putting up a ceiling fan, don't use the hardy 
as a structural material. You know, sometimes people, especially on ceiling where they've got wood be, uh, going across and stuff, they'll they'll screw plates straight to the wood. Uh, like if they're using four by eight sheets of T111 up there or something, and you're not supposed to do that on the wood either. But on on the Hardy products, you will not get away with it. It will pull through that eventually. Because hardy products are not a structural product. They are a skin. It's a protectant where wood can become structural. So just a, a quick precautionary on that. 713-212-5874. Jason, down in Corpus, I, how can I help you? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a new listener to your show, and, and I absolutely love it. I, I, uh, I'm glad that you're on. I've got a question about aluminum siding. Uh, well, I'm not even. I don't think my siding's even aluminum. We just bought a home, and it's actually it's an older mobile home, but it was renovated, uh, refurbished. They 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 put uh, the hardy plank floors, redid the walls with uh, regular uh, sheetrock, and but the uh, the siding outside, it, it's evidence of uh, I, I believe it's from hailstorm or something. And I'm just wondering, is there a uh, way to patch any of those? There are little holes, you know, here and there. And I was just wondering, is there an easy way to patch that outside of just changing the entire piece? It's and you, you th it is a metal siding, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, well, uh, I want to say it's aluminum siding, but somebody said it could be something else. Uh, it's it's the artificial siding. Yeah, well, there there are several different ones out on the market. I mean, you got the aluminum siding, you've you've got the vinyl siding. Uh, it, it may actually you've got be vinyl. The, uh, I don't want to say aluminum. I think it's probably vinyl. Okay, if it's the vinyl siding and it's got holes in it, right? Uh, it's probably just become old and brittle. Okay. Because typically, typically the vinyl, if it gets hit by something, it just gives and bounces right back until it cracks. Okay. The the aluminum or metal tin sidings, they actually, if they, if they got hit by something like hail or a golf ball, would just dent. Right. Well, I have and replacement panels that seller had left in the in the, one of the storage buildings on the side. Uh huh. And he said, if you need to change any pieces, here's a pile, you know, that was left over, you know. Uh, right. So that, I guess. Any idea how the, long ago he did this? Honestly, I think uh, it looks like it, it looks like it's got a couple of years on it at least. Okay, I'm betting it's not aluminum. Yeah, I don't think it is either. I, I'm I'm thinking you're probably correct in that it's vinyl. And how big are these holes that you're seeing? They're probably some some of them are aren't bigger than like uh, quarters. And I'm just wondering if maybe it's from someone bumping into it or something. Yeah, it's it's more than likely it's vinyl siding that just got old and brittle, and now as it gets hit with stuff, it cracks and breaks. Sure. And if that's the case, I wouldn't even bother trying to replace the pieces. I would just have to to, to tell you to to redo redo this whole siding because if they're as big as a quarter, <laughs> uh, you know you you can't put there's really nothing you're going to put on there as a patch that's going to look decent. Yeah. Just replace the whole piece. Yep. 
Okay. And, and here's here's my, here's my big fear: when you go to start replacing the pieces, if it has gotten old enough where it's brittle now, okay. as you're trying to pull the pieces out and and you know flex stuff to put the new pieces in, right. other pieces are going to break as well. Okay. All right. So well, you thank have you to very be much. Really careful with it. I'm not a bearer of good news for you today, am I? No, no, that's fine. That's fine. I, I just want to, you know, I didn't want to waste time on trying to patch it if that was, that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But thank you so much. Good luck with that, Jason. All right. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. Seven one three two one two five eight seven four. That's seven one three two one two five eight seven four. Daniel, how are you? Just fine, sir. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Excellent. Listen, uh, me and the wife would like to remodel our kitchen here in maybe the next year, year and a half. But we have questions about cabinetry, tile work, you know, moving walls, electricity. And I was wondering if there's anyone that you would recommend that could come out and give, like, us an estimation. Because we don't like to finance anything. We like to pay with everything with cash, save up, pay for it. And I was wondering... Do you know anyone that could come out and just give us an estimate and answer all the questions we have? Really, what you're going to be looking for for what you're talking about is probably an architect because he'll do the des help you with the design work and everything. Uh, okay. And yes, you would have some money into paying the architect to do that, but the advantage that you'll have by doing it that way when you go to get the work done you got a set of plans that you can give to each contractor for them to follow. So when you get bids, each contractor's bidding to do the same thing. They got a set of specs that tells them exactly what they need to do. So you don't got one guy bidding to use uh, styrofoam baseboard trim, and you got another guy bidding to use number one wood trim. Because right. the cost differences are, are you know, huge. And then you, you you get a signed contract, and the guy gets in there, and he starts doing it. And you're telling him, oh, no, you can't use that on my house. And he's saying, well, but that's what I bid. And he ends up jacking the price up on you higher than if you'd hired the, the right guy to begin with. So typically, if you're going to get into that much remodeling, it's a good thing to bring somebody in and detail it all out first. So, uh as far as an architect, a lot of those guys will work in their isolated area. However, since they do hold license, if you'll go to the uh, uh, Architect Association, they'll have a list of the architects in your area, and you can just kind of talk with some of them to get an idea of who you want to deal with. Your other option is next weekend, we'll, we'll be down at the NRG uh, center for the Texas Home and Garden Show. There's always architects and stuff down there that you could come and actually talk to them and contractors before having them out to your house. You said that's at the NRG Stadium? Yes, sir. All right. Um, and I guess uh, what is – I'm, I'm sure you've already said this, but I just tuned into the show. So what, that's what okay. is the uh, time uh, of that – convention on saturdays uh, uh it's uh from 10 till 7 usually on sundays it's usually from 11 to uh 5 or 6 they they differ them up and then uh i can't remember if this i believe this one is open on on fridays as well and that's usually 2 to 7 
Okay, fantastic. Well, then I'll, I'll try to get the wife uh, down there with me next Saturday. Well, and if you come on Saturday afternoon between 12 and 4, stop by and say hi. I'll be down uh, there doing the show. Well, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. You bet, Daniel. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. And, you know, I, I, I go to... I go to these shows all the time, and and I'll be honest with you. A lot of times I'm thinking, why am I going to all these shows? And every time I go down to one of these shows, I learn something. I see something different. I get to ask questions of different people. Yes, I go through and ask questions as well. There's, you, You'll be amazed if you walk into something like that with an open mind what you can learn. Now, do I always believe everything I'm told? Absolutely not. But I get some information, then I'm able to go check on it further. Let's head back into the calls. And Glenn, this is Jim. How can I help you? Uh, Jim, I've got a house that's about 35 years old, and the breaker box is coming off the siding on the outside back of the house. I'm going to have to replace the siding. But before I did that, I was considering taking that breaker box and having it put inside the house. Uh, it's mounted outside opposite a closet. And I wondered if that was okay. a good idea. Um what might be involved in cost and so forth before I started dealing with the siding on the outside. Well, yeah, you definitely want to do it before you do the siding because that way when you open stuff up, you're able to just basically reverse it and put it inside. Used to be breaker boxes were in closets on a pretty regular basis. Uh, In fact, a lot of them still are. It depends on the size and access of the closet now. They do have codes on that. And so you would have to have an electrician tell you what the code is for the area that you're in Mm -hmm. uh, because different municipalities kind of alter their codes a little bit. But in general, it's a great idea. Uh, I don't care for the breaker boxes outside myself. Uh, Not only can people mess with the darn things, but they're exposed to the elements all the time. And I can't tell you how often uh, wasps get into the darn things and, and cause issues and different things like that that... When it's inside the house, you just plain don't have to worry about. Yeah, it's a good size walk-in closet. It's long and it's, it's wide. I don't think you. So. And, but yeah, then you shouldn't have any problems. I figured I'd have to get a whole new breaker box for that kind of installation. You will. Uh, I mean, the covers. the panel itself is probably the the panel itself will probably be basically the same. How, yeah. how old the house or how old is this breaker panel you've got now? Came with the house. It was house built in '81. Time for a new one. Yeah, change yeah, it we're, out. We're uh, get out get in, an upgraded one. And yeah, well, we're out in West Houston now, by here, Highway Six, and we weren't in the we were in the county when it was built. So yeah, I don't here's the downside. The downside of it is the cost of of redoing a breaker box. The fact of turning it around and putting it into the closet actually won't be that bad because uh, it's just a matter of them unhooking the wires and rehooking them in there. The cost mm-hmm. of doing it with a new breaker box definitely is going to add to it. Um, I mean, in some cases, I, I hear stuff that it being done as little as $1,200. Uh, mm-hmm. In other cases, as much as 3500 So that kind of gives you a range that you're looking at. But wow. it typically is just going to depend on how much hassle they have to go through to yeah. make the change. And given the age of your home and stuff, I don't think, I think you'll be pretty much on the low side. Well, I just had the inside of that closet redone because of some water damage 
from a leaking pipe. And uh, that box is sitting directly between a set of studs uh, on the outside. Yeah. So turning it around wouldn't be a problem. It's just, you know, setting nah. the holes. Um, my concern yep. was, you know, having the other oh, box ha- the wires coming Have no fear, plumber. I'm sorry. Yeah, and have no fear. Plumbers and air conditioners have no problem at all tearing up sheetrock for to oh, to change yeah. stuff out. <laughs> yeah, we had to do the whole closet. <laughs> oh, that was a trip. But anyway. Yeah. So you you think that's probably a pretty good idea, and those are basic price ranges. So, and what is that about a day job? Oh yeah, they'll they'll typically do that in a day with no problem at all. Yeah. Okay. So, any suggestions about an electrician to call for that, or just just about any electrician can do it? Um, well, really, any electrician can do it. Now, you can call around to a few places. Dempsey Electric could handle it for you. Uh, and there, there's several others, like uh, Mr. Sparky or one of those guys can handle it for you as well. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it very much, Jim. Thank you. You bet. You take care and have a great weekend. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And I don't mean to pick on plumbers and and electricians. Uh, It's just for some reason they do like to cut big holes for what they're working on, and I've never understood why they want such a big hole. Make it small so that it's easy to patch up and fix, but... Anyways, we'll, I'll get off on to something else. 713-212-5874. Nancy, welcome to KTRH. How can I help you? Well, we've got an all-brick, uh, one-story home that's eight years old, and our garage is excruciating hot in the summertime. What could we do about it? Put a radiant barrier. In the attic What's, what's the above garage? it? It's... Is it attic above it, or is it a room above? No, it's it's just the attic. There's no insulation in there. Yeah, insulation won't help at all, because without air-conditioned space, insulation is useless. But if you can put a radiant barrier in there, what radiant barriers do is block the transfer of heat. And so it's, it's a radiant barrier is just like being underneath a shade tree. And so you can lower the temperature... 10 to 15 degrees by simply putting radiant barriers in. Um, If you put insulation in, all that would happen is during the day that insulation absorbs heat. And, you know, at night when that garage normally would cool off, that insulation would be releasing that heat all night, keeping the garage hotter than it needs to be. So, yeah, don't don't ever use insulation in anything that's Uh, not heated and cooled. I see. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. We'll check that. Bob, this is Jim. How can I help you? On the draining of the central air unit, is the, are the drain lines usually taken outside the drain, or are they into your sewer system? They are normally into the sewer system. If you're dealing with a very old house, they will go outside. Well, it's in an old house, and they they... The units aren't that old. They put them in about a year ago. Anyhow, they ran the drain lines to the outside. And it's like a swamp over there now at the side of the house. Yeah, and that's not good for the foundation. And and here's here's the bad part. 
some municipalities codes will require them how they drain those outside and they got it wrong they got it dead wrong and and we've tried talking with some of them about it they want the contractors to dr drill a hole down fill yeah. it with gravel and put the water the drain line into that right and that's what they did that just creates yeah and it creates a big hole that holds water next to the foundation turns the soil to just mush where right. the foundation loses all integrity now your home was it originally was the original home built in like the 70s no it was originally built in 1989 and the units back then drained into the sewer system and when they replaced those units, they should have drained them into the sewer system again. Well, they didn't. They took them outside. They said it was, they had to, that now they had to take it to the outside. Some, you know, my, my, I, I, I own an AC company, and my uh, master plumber, was, or master plumber, my master uh, air conditioning tech was actually telling me that, that uh, some of the municipalities are starting to tell them they need to take it outside. Like I said, we've been arguing with them about yeah. it because we know what that's problems that's going to cause. And if you went back into the 60s and 70s, a lot of units were installed that way. That was kind of the standard, and they got away from it because of the problems it causes. Now, for some reason, they're trying to circle back to that, and it's it's just going to be a a big issue in the long run. Right. I'm not sure why, though, they didn't go back into the same drain, and I and I would hold a discussion with the contractor to find out why he couldn't just drain back into the sewer system again. Yeah. And I will tell you up front, there are sometimes reasons they can't, because in some periods they had the drain line go down through the return air into the pipe directly under and nowadays, you're not allowed to pass the pipes down through the return air, and so there maybe wasn't access to the sewer system. Well, the, the uh, drain pipe is right there by the units, you know, right. in the attic. And I don't know, I just, it's just a mud pit on the side of the house. And yeah. Uh, now, I mean, one thing you can do as a temporary fix is to actually ex put a pipe on and extend it out into the yard away from the foundation. But you're just going to have a mud pit out in the yard then. So the, the true long-term fix will be to see if they can move it into the drain. Yeah. Sanitary drain system. Right. And normally where they tie in is under a sink nowadays. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.